There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Welcome to Friends with Friends. My name is Pete Allison. Ahoy hoy, and uh, here is Dave oh, Cripp. What, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you do- What are you playing at? I just wanted to see how you'd react. <laughs> oh my days. Imagine, like, I mean, b- before his untimely passing, if uh, they'd test daily had gone, uh, welcome to Strictly Come Dancing. Nice to see you, to see you. <laughs> and then, uh, Bruce, would you like to say hello? Oh, do you bloody Nora. Compare yourself to, to Bruce Forsyth. <laughs> in, in terms of the, uh, what I would say, the... Of having a set intro. <laughs> yes, exactly. The recognise recognizability Is that the word? I mean, it's definitely not the word. What is the word? Bloody hell, my brain is not working very Recogn- well at all. Recognition, yes. Of, uh, of my sort of... Um, catch- oh, I've really, I've really fucked you up, haven't I, Dave? Catchphrase. Honestly, yeah, you throw me all... <laughs> I'm completely off balance. I don't know what to do now, Pete. I'll be honest. We'll Um, see you next week. (laughs) God, that was very strange. Anyway, how are you, apart from uh, a a catchphrase thief? Uh, I'm alright, thanks. Yeah, I mean, I've got almost literally nothing to report, but that's the way it goes. Yes, well, now that we're doing a quiz once a week and a podcast once a week, we speak... Uh, regularly enough that there's literally nothing that can happen in between because two to three days of lockdown is like you know within a week of lockdown that's kind of that's kind of plausible that something might happen you know but a couple of days absolutely bollocks all i would say dave that you are probably in the top three people for how much i've spoken to you over lockdown oh yeah 100 percent. yeah like uh, excluding the people i actually live with yeah, and you're definitely right up there. Yeah. yeah, and that's not not a good reflection on either of us, I guess, in terms of our <laughs> sort of ability to continue to socialise. For some basically, reason. please continue to listen to us. This is our life. <laughs> this is all we have, us and you. Um, but anyway, thank you for listening. Um, but yeah, there you go. Wow. Well, should we, should we try and pick it back up a bit in terms of mood and vibe? Yes, us and Alina. Alina, who has chosen this week's episode, and in a lovely bit of synergy, Peter, uh, Alina was this week's quiz winner as well. Yes, and this the, us doing her episode wasn't the prize. It's it's genuinely just a coincidence. Yeah, but it's all tied together, almost like there's some sort of brand. 
strategy going on. Or, or a leader is the only person who engages with what we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely uh, a fairly high chance that, that, you know, the small pool of people that actually both listen, <laughs> play the quiz and contribute voice notes, it's, uh, that Venn diagram isn't huge. Um, but, you know, having said that, do you know what? Isn't it nice how many voice notes we've had? It is, and yes, as we we mentioned before, we have a bit of a backlog. Yeah. So sorry if we don't get to your episode too quickly. Uh, it's on the list, I promise. Um, should we find out what today's episode is, Peter? Yes, please. Hi guys, this is Alina from Canada. I'm probably one of the first fans of your podcast. I remember discovering it back in 2018. Um, early February I believe and I liked it so much I've been listening to it since then and I just want to say thank you for doing this because it's so nice and so comforting just like the show is so thank you for being the part of my life for so long (laughs) um the episode I've chosen is one of the earliest ones um it's season two episode 15 the one where Ross and Rachel you know (laughs) it's like a little cheeky title which I really like And the reason I've chosen this is because I really enjoyed the chemistry between the characters in each plot. So um, we have Ross and Rachel in this happy phase of the relationship, which doesn't happen that often throughout the whole show, basically. So it's really nice to see them being in love and happy with each other, which doesn't even last that long. So I thought it could be nice to chat about that in the podcast. And then we have Monica and Richard, which is probably one of the best relationships on the show, in my opinion. I just think he's such a good fit for her. If you compare him to Chandler, I think Chandler has always been this (laughs) kind of like annoying little kid who doesn't know how to act properly. (laughs) I don't know. I just find him quite annoying. Um, So I think Richard is really good for Monica. And I honestly wish it lasted a bit longer. And uh, then we have this fundamental friendship between Joey and Chandler. I think when you watch them, it just makes you want to have a friend like that. They can just sit on the comfy chair, watch TV and do do nothing for hours, for days and just enjoy each other's company. Yeah, but I'm sure you could find something interesting to talk about. It's a really interesting episode and I'm happy that nobody has chosen it yet. (laughs) Thank you guys. Love you guys. Bye bye. Oh, that's a lovely message. That was lovely, wasn't it? Thank you, Alina. Um, and, uh, you know, all I'm going to say, Pete, is we could basically just say, this, I mean, she's she's analysed a lot of it for us there. So absolutely, thanks for doing all the hard work. We'll just sort of sit back and laugh at the laugh at the jokes now. Got nothing left to say, Alina. Job done. Um, so uh, season two, episode 15, like she says, uh, here is the, well, <laughs> there's kind of no point in me doing the synopsis, is there? Yes. We, we oh, my God. Should, should we not do it? Yeah, let's not do it. Yeah, I mean that's that's she, she's told us everything that's gonna that we need to know to to sort of dig into this episode. So where to start? Hey Peter, you got your Chandler and Joey's, you got your Ross and Rachel, you've got your Monica and Richard. A lot of lot of good pairings in this episode. Um, where where to begin? I think we should start with the one that I've got the fewest notes on. Chandler and Joey. Chandler and Joey. Yeah, because actually, ultimately, uh, like Alina says, there it's just like a really nice uh, friendship moment, isn't it? Stretched out over an entire... They don't move for the entire episode. Yeah, and the thing is, though, the um, the chairs <laughs> yeah. are black, right? Yeah. 
When Rachel breaks Rosita, Rosita is brown. So are these, is that, this isn't Rosita? No, 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 don't forget the entire apartment gets burgled. Oh, including two chairs. The whole thing, because they're sitting in a rowboat for in a canoe for ages, aren't they? God, that is a comprehensive burglary, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, I, this isn't the episode we're talking about. I'm sure we'll come to it at some point, but you've, you've got to be hiring a van for that burglary, haven't do you? Do burglars steal chairs? I'm sure some do. Yeah, but that, because don't forget the burglary was very opportunistic, wasn't it? It was like, yes, this guy yeah, was looking at the entertainment unit and he was like, get in there. Also, I mean, going back to the burglary, I'm not sure that hockey stick would have really kept Joey in if he'd have just really given it a kick, you know? But anyway, but yeah, you're quite right. It looks like he's locked him in and then gone and basically hired some sort of removal truck and maybe a crew of people, because I'm not carrying one of those chairs down down the stairs on my own. Never mind, two. Uh, yeah, the chairs. Do you know what my first instinct was? Those chairs do not look very comfortable. <laughs> no, they don't, and they also look quite naff. Yeah, well, I mean... I, I don't think that's that's probably more of an era-based thing, isn't it? And and also maybe a sort of both style and technology thing because something else that looks incredibly naff in that scene is their incredible state-of-the-art widescreen television. Oh, it's great, isn't it? The TV that, that takes up about a quarter of the living room. Yeah, it is so deep that you, you know, you hear about kids in the olden days, don't you think, in like, I say the olden days, I mean like the 70s, uh, sort of genuinely wondering if there were people inside the TV and you think that's mad <laughs> because they're so thin and flat. But um, when you see the size of that telly, it's completely plausible. Oh, you could fit a full-grown adult in there. Yeah, 100%. It's bigger than the entertainment unit, certainly. Um, but it is absolutely huge. And it's, yeah, it's like the sort of dealing with, this This is something else that um, <laughs> I noticed now watching this episode back on a quite a big HD screen. Like, we'll come on to the planetarium in a bit, but that looks pretty naff now it on does. a big screen, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. I also like the fact that Ross is stood up watching TV at Chandler and Joey's. Yeah, this, this kind of goes back to this thing that we touch on from time to time. There's an entire sofa there. Like, why <laughs> is he stood up or is he sitting on one of the stools or something? But why are they... They never really use that sofa. It's like a maximum of two people may sit down in that room at any one time. Right. And everyone else has to stand. Exactly. Or perch. Or perch, as is, yeah, Phoebe and Ross do at various yeah. points during this episode. They make reference to the fact they don't move for a, for a while and they start ordering pizza um to monica and rachel so the delivery people come in, you know all that sort of stuff so they literally don't have to leave the seat they make reference to the fact that they will cancel the sodas so they don't have to pee but by the end of this episode this must at minimum this has been 48 hours oh yeah it, like um, not washed not got up to the toilet in that time but not- even if you don't drink a single thing in a day you need to go for a wee at some point, don't you? Yes, I imagine so. Like, there's got to be some long-lasting bladder uh, problems from this episode. That's what I'm thinking. They're re- they're, they are not treating their bodies well. I do quite like the way that the whole plot revolves around Chandler and Joey just sat in their chairs. You know what I mean? They're, the rest of them are sort of getting on with their lives. Yeah, the episode sort of happens around them, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. What is a Barker lounger? I assume it's like a brand. Is that a brand? Yeah, that was my question. Because these aren't the, then the Barker Loungers. Rosita's a Barker Lounger, is that right? Or oh, you can buy a Barker Lounger Phoenix or a Huntington, Dave. Oh, I'd love a little Phoenix in my living room. Um, I wonder how much they are. Let's find out. Um, 
Okay. Uh, do you want an armchair or a, or a multiple seater, Dave? Uh, armchair, please, Pete. You would like an armchair. I'd like you to get um, as close as you can to the Chandler and Joey chair. Okay, I'd say that's their Blair range. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, how much do you think one armchair Barker lounger is? It's going to be something ludicrous like $3,000, right? Uh, yeah, it is basically three thousand dollars. So you're looking about you're looking about a minimum of two thousand pounds to get a Barker lounger. God, God, no, it's too much for a chair, isn't it? For a single chair, because you can't just buy one of those. No, you. Well, exactly. Joey's clearly in the money, isn't he now? Well, yeah, his his option on Days of Our Lives has been picked up. This is potentially the peak of Joey's career. Uh, yes, exactly. I tell you what, it's kind of what is kind of weird is that. Over the course of Fred's... So Joey's Days of Our Lives is sort of like the peak of his fame. But are we supposed to believe that by the end of Friends, Joey's actually a very successful actor? Because, like, he he does that World War One film with, with Gary Oldman and they go to the premiere. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's on a red carpet. But it's, it's kind of just nodded to. There's no, like, big Joey's a mad big movie star now. But are we just supposed to presume he's actually just a very successful actor? What is he in Joey? Uh, that's a great question. That is a great question. Is he a successful actor in Joey? Is that why he's moved? Maybe it is to Los Angeles. Um, by the way, what I will say about Barker Lounges is um, Barker Lounges don't appear... Which year was this episode? Season 2, 1985 then, will it be? Uh, Barker Lounger don't seem to have updated their style since then. <laughs> well, maybe it's just a classic style, mate. Maybe it's just an absolutely, you know, American classic. We love a Barker Lounger. They look really naff. Uh, Joey moves to Hollywood, to LA, to, yeah, to tr- hoping to truly make it as an actor. So, oh no, yeah, in, in, in the cast of characters, it says Matt LeBlanc is Joey Tribbiani, a struggling actor. So, yeah, maybe he isn't as successful as, as we thought he was. But there you go. Anyway, that's a tangent. A tangent of all tangents. Who'd have thought it, Pete? A tangent on this podcast. All right, should we talk about Monica and Richard then? Yes, Monica and Richard. Right, okay. So this all, this ties in a little bit, doesn't it? Because to, to the Ross and Rachel thing, because Rachel's forgotten she's supposed to be waitressing for Monica. So Phoebe and Monica go over to Richard's. Uh, this is the first time we meet him, right? And it's he's he gets a little woo when uh, he walks in the on set. Yes, Magnum PI ninety five is probably sort of peak Selleck, isn't it? I'd have thought so. Yeah, he's a big old star at this stage. And actually, looking at it like that, because I didn't know who Tom Selleck was before Friends, obviously, because I was only twelve when I was watching it. However, um, so but at the time, it's, it's quite a coup to get Tom Selleck in as like a recurring character on a sitcom, isn't it? Yeah, well, he's not even just a big TV star. He's a big film star yeah. as well. He's he's a he's a big old deal. He's a big old tree. Um, <laughs> but uh, this is the first time we meet Richard. And cards on the tail, Pete. This is more your area than mine, to be perfectly frank. But he looks good. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say, but not that good. Oh no, no, there was no, there was no real end to that. I was just sort of like, that is one attractive man. And there's that moment, isn't there, where Phoebe and Rachel both sort of swoon about him, and yeah, you can see it. He's a yeah, an attractive man, oh. a handsome man. A handsome man enters. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, as with the giant TV, there's some lovely nods to uh, old school technology here because what's Richard got? A new uh, CD change. <laughs> A new CD changer. God, do you remember when six CD changers were the height of like 
technology. Do you even remember this, Pete, or is this before I time? do. I can remember, I think my parents had one that had sort of like a three CD changer, but yeah. it, took, it took bloody ages for them to change. <laughs> yeah, the like, it's like the proper mechanics whirring, yeah. like a game of mousetrap, just like, you know. And um, the CD player was sort of incapable of playing all the CDs wherever they were. It had to move the right CD into position, didn't it? And that's what took ages. Uh, yeah, well, exactly. That's exactly what it was basically just a giant turn like spinning jenny thing you know like in the yeah. middle of a table um, spinning jenny yeah is that what i mean a lazy lazy susan, susan. <laughs> <laughs> spinning jenny isn't spinning jenny off of the old off of the old and olden days i don't know i've never heard of a spinning jenny <laughs> No, spinning jenny is like a. Um, oh, spinning jenny is for weaving. Like an old, we- yeah, like an old weave, isn't it? It was invented in 1764. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, I mean, we, we alluded to this, <laughs> alluded to this at the start of the podcast, but my brain isn't in peak fi- uh, condition at the moment. Clearly, oh, that's great. <laughs> Uh, showing my age there with shout outs to industrial revolution technology you and your 1800s references <laughs> um so yes yeah, basically a giant spinning jenny mate like i said what's wrong yes. with that let's let's gloss over that yeah <laughs> also why is richard hosting a party when he hates everyone there this is curious isn't it also richard's apartment is obviously fucking massive oh yeah huge like because that kitchen is big and there's clearly enough space in the rest of the apartment to host a party and not let them in there, you know? Mm. Well, it's just, I don't know. I can understand you having a party where you maybe feel obliged to invite one or two people that you don't really like that much just to keep the peace. But he has nothing but complete contempt for everyone there. Yeah, and it's not like, uh, in my head, it's some sort of like official work function that he has to be at. But why is it at his apartment then? Yeah, don't know. It's very strange, isn't it? Um... And I wonder if the ophthalmologist... Ophthalmologist. I wonder if the ophthalmology industry uh, really took a beating when Friends were at its peak. and um, Because they really go down on it, don't they? I wonder if you were an ophthalmologist in 1995 and you watched that episode, would you just be like, fuck you, Tom Selleck. Tell you what. We're not that that nerdy. I'll tell you what, I love going to the opticians. Yeah, yeah I'd one. say I'd say it's my favourite of all the routine appointments. Uh, okay, tell me why. Um, I don't know. I think it's just kind of fun when you sit there and they put <laughs> when you sit there in the dark and you have a few votes <laughs> yourself. <laughs> when you sit there and they put the little glasses on and then you have to. It's quite fun, isn't it? Like you read the little chart and they do the number one or number two. That bit. Love that. Yeah, I think lockdown's getting to you a bit, Pete. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I miss of, the optician. The level of entertainment you're craving <laughs> at the moment is just going better or worse? There is one point where Monica says, um, 27 is a dangerous eye age. And that resonated <laughs> with me. And then I remembered that I'm actually 29 and felt sad. <laughs> I mean, 27 is famously a dangerous age. It's the age everybody dies at, isn't it? But, well, uh, true, yeah. Maybe uh, maybe a lot of them were just from eye infections, really. And they've all been big covers up to make it sound more rock and roll. Monica's appointment lasts about 30 seconds. Right, so this is my problem with the appointment. So Monica, so the party happens, Monica and Richard end up chatting for ages, don't they, and clearly hitting it off, and um, uh, Phoebe points it out, and Monica sort of says, no, but I will see him tomorrow for my eye appointment, which she's made. Um, (laughs) To which Phoebe says, this is something I noted down, Phoebe says, didn't you just recently have your eyes tested? 
which is like a really mundane yet <laughs> personal level of detail to know about. Do you know what I mean? Like, I do not know the last time you went to the optician, for example, or the dentist, or like, what a strange thing to be able to recall straight away. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know when anyone I know last went to the optician. No, it's very odd. Um, but Phoebe knows Monica's eye test schedule like nobody else. Um, but yeah, when she actually gets there, is is Richard just a terrible eye doctor? Or <laughs> not very thorough at all? Because he literally, because we, it's not like we join it halfway through. He says, "I'm going to look in your eye now." Yeah, and then literally yeah, yeah. goes. Yep, you got eyes, basically. That's that's the all he could really have gauged by that time is that her eyes are there and not like obviously <laughs> rotting, you know? Is that all opticians do? Just confirm that you still have eyes <laughs> and then you could go home. This is the thing, isn't it? I mean, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head what an ophthalmologist is compared to an optician. Maybe it's... Is there a difference? Well <sighs> Oh well you just said you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have got to learn to listen. Um I don't know, Paige. Should we find out? Deals with the diagnosis and treatment of eye disorders. Yeah, so it's not about just testing how good your eyes are. It's... Okay. I mean, we could talk about this all day and it'd be very dull. But, basically, if it is, as we suspect, like a very specialised eye doctor, why is Monica going just to get her eyes have a quick look at? And why has she also been very recently? But yeah, on the, on the surface of it, Richard's a terrible eye doctor because his routine appears to be, let me look in your eye. Yeah, you got eyes. Have 10,000 bottles of eye drops and yeah, leave. And off she goes. <laughs> he really does like pile her high with those eye drops, doesn't he? Yeah. and I, Why would you need eye drops if there was nothing wrong with your eyes? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. He goes, they're free. I mean, sure. But there's loads of things that are free that you don't need unless you're going to be using them. Like, you know I mean? can understand why a dentist might give you free toothpaste. Right. But I can't understand why an op- op- ophthalmologist... Ophthalmologist, yeah. Whatever. That. Why they'd check that you had nothing wrong with your eyes, confirm that that was the case, and then give you shitloads of eye drops. <laughs> yeah. Here's something that you've just been told you definitely don't need because your eyes are fine. Um... Then, yeah, then we have a little kiss, don't we? Uh, there's definitely a lot of sexual tension between these two from the start. It's, it's very palpable, isn't it? I think they do a good job of quickly elevating Richard above any other guy that Monica dates before Chandler. Yeah, it's a really good point, that, isn't it? Um, and I don't know why that is. And that kind of goes back to what Alina was saying in her voice, though. Like, she's basically said, she basically heavily implied that Monica plus Richard equals better than Monica plus Chandler. Sure. And, um, you know, I don't know, is there, is, is there truth in that? I mean, again, she alluded to Chandler being quite an annoying kid and Richard being a grown Richard is very much a grown-up here, isn't a he? A man, yeah. He is such a man with his apartment and his black tie parties and his... He's just, he's really carrying the the stature of a, of a proper grown-up, isn't he? The other thing that's narratively interesting is that... that- the thing they immediately identify as a problem between them and why they sort of question whether they should be dating each other, and that's age difference, that ends up being the thing that breaks them up. And it's interesting that they are acknowledging it in the first time we ever see them together, and eventually that's the reason that they decide to call it a day. Yeah, although the, the babies thing, I guess, is the additional thing on top of that. You know, maybe that's the, the specific thing when they break up. As opposed to maybe if they hadn't Monica hadn't wanted babies, they 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 might have stayed together and and um, 
and, and the age difference wouldn't have been as much of a thing. Uh, but yeah, there is that excellent line of um, when we get to the date later, the you're a whole the person who can drink older than me, which is just a line I always remember for some reason, and I don't know why. I also love what Ross says about Richard to Monica as well, where he says, I love that man. He's like a brother to dad. It's so... Ross's reaction. I feel like we're getting a glimpse. So when Monica tells Ross that she's about to date Richard and he has that... I just think we get a glimpse of like mad late season nine and ten Ross. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's a lot more controlled and a bit more cool, but he does have that reaction, doesn't he? Where he's like, why, 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 why would that bother me? You know, all of that sort of stuff. Just almost on the edge of completely bursting into this sort of outrage, but he does manage to hold it back. And then, um, yeah, he's like a brother to dad is VG, isn't it? Very good line. indeed. And then, yeah, so so Monica and Richard go back and forth on this. Monica quickly realises that Richard's a grandpa. They're like, oh my God, are we too different in age yes we are oh but let's have sex now the end basically is what happens isn't it yeah that is it a lot of sex in this episode i mean we don't we don't it's not confirmed that monica and richard have sex but heavily implied heavily implied that that's what's going to happen isn't it um so yeah and then they get interrupted by another bloody pizza delivery like there are a lot even that we see so um god knows how many oh god knows how many calories joey and chandler have been eating pee across this episode well there's that bit isn't there where uh chandler throws a shoe at the door to get ross's attention reminds me of how uh during the peak of lockdown um one of my neighbors very kindly accepted a parcel at the front door of my building for me and then i heard a bang and went out into the hallway and she just sort of thrown it at my door. <laughs> Obviously not wanting any sort of contact. Uh, contact at all. So yeah, I just heard a thump and that was that was my parcel. My mate bought a toaster. We go through celebrities' Amazon purchase histories so you don't have to. Keep calm and love Dom Jolly novelty keyring yeah, and fridge that. magnets. Yeah, I love that. The G-spot. The good vibrations, guys. Green dot laser sight rifle gun scope. I've bought that quite a lot of times, I think. Right, okay. The sex doctor's guide to keeping it hot. Ah, oh, interesting. Did another child come along nine months later? Yeah. <laughs> Loads of great apps up now and new ones dropping every Monday. That's My Mate Bought a Toaster from Great Big Al. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, Ross and Rachel then, is it? Ross and Rachel. So this is their first official date. Um, was there an unofficial date at the laundromat? I, I'm not quite sure what the implication is there because Rachel's very like, this is our first official date, you know. Yeah, it's not really clear what counts as a date in her eyes. Well, maybe it's, it seems to sort of be sleeping together, doesn't it? Well, so, well, let's let's go through this bit by bit because there's a lot to unpack here. The first one is that there's a bit of, um, when they come back from this first official date, it transpires that Ross has chosen a movie and chosen a movie uh, with subtitles, okay, heavily implied, a foreign language movie for their first date. There's, there's almost like just a bit of, intelligence shaming going on isn't there like oh it's hard to follow and he's sort of like oh sweet oh oh you poor little thing like i told you there'd be subtitles did you struggle to read you know it's it's not that mean but ugh, come on ross don't choose a foreign language film with subtitles for your first date like <laughs> a that like if your first date's a movie which on a different note i think is a terrible first date and we've discussed this in the past haven't we on our uh, long forgotten old podcast oh uh, yes remember that yeah if you've if you've only ever been a listener of friends with friends pete and i used to do a podcast together which is how we first started podcasting was called out of date where we'd go on a date each yeah. every week not with each other with a different person and then we'd <laughs> both report back on our dates we used to talk about how terrible a movie is because you're just sort of going right let's not talk for two hours now but what i would say is the traditional slightly stereotypical what might happen in the cinema on when you're on a date there's a kind of like excitement oh maybe we'll have a little snog maybe there'll be a bit of cut you know if you're concentrating fully on them on the foreign language movie with subtitles that is really setting a tone isn't it have you ever been on a date and watched a foreign language film with subtitles absolutely not i have what i saw parasite did you which like an absolute basic bitch uh is the only film with subtitles i i think i've ever watched in a cinema i've watched oh, i don't know i was gonna try and roll a deck so i've seen a couple in the cinema but very few and uh, a couple of, at least one of those was just with english subtitles because i was watching it in france so that doesn't really count <laughs> it was just <laughs> the french language version of probably a marvel film or something um but um yeah was it i mean how was the experience was it so you you saw it on a date though yeah yeah, but the thing about watching a foreign language film in the cinema, uh, God, this is a great example of a tangent, <laughs> is it's amazing how quickly your brain adjusts to just soaking it all in. You aren't sat there thinking, I must consciously read everything. You yeah. do take in all of the, the the film itself, as well as the subtitles. It's very sort of subliminal, the way it goes in. It's odd. Um, was it a romantic vibe? <laughs> Um, I, Parasite isn't the most romantic film I was going to say, world, it doesn't, it? doesn't feel like it's it. It's brilliant. Did you choose the film? I think it was around, like, Oscar hype, so we went, we picked it because everyone was talking about it. Um, nice. Yeah. Okay, well, look, you've got a real insight into Ross and Rachel's first date. Uh, was it a, a successful first date, Peter? Uh, we didn't go to a planetarium after. <laughs> the sign of an absolute failure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was. I thought it was an interesting choice. Anyway, they get back to the apartment, don't they? They start kissing, and this is the bit where. I mean, there's the fun, there's. A, I really, really do enjoy the bit where they start kissing, and Rachel just goes Monica, and Ross has that line about it would really help if if you didn't call my sister's name when we we're kissing. Um, but yeah, to check they have a sort of an empty apartment. 
And then there's the slightly strange sequence where Rachel just starts giggling uncontrollably every time they kiss, which ends in a really weird way. It does. It ends where you don't see them talking, do you? It cuts away to shots of a New York skyline and the dialogue continues over the top of it. Which we almost never get in Friends at all, do we? And I wonder why... I feel like Jennifer Aniston saying those lines, it would be funny to see them. Yeah, well, I, the only thing, I, it, it almost certainly is... Added in after. Added in after, yeah, like an ADR thing. But I don't know, like, how that scene was supposed to end or they just got to the edit and went, all oh, that ends a bit abruptly. Maybe we need to add, like, a big... Because the sort of punchline, big, the finale is like, well, we just grabbed my ass or something like that, isn't it? So maybe they just thought it fell, fell a bit flat and then they just... Because it does sound different. When I was watching it back, that as soon as it cuts out of the apartment, it's like, oh, they're just in a different room saying these lines somewhere else, aren't they? Thing is, this is the same problem that Rachel has with Joey when they get together. Right. With Joey, they try to power through and give up. But fortunately for Rachel and Ross in this situation, they do manage to make it feel natural. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, that goes back to the, is Ross and Rachel just a more, na- you know, it does feel like... You're not in a weird. Well, when it's with Rachel and Joey, you are just watching, going, "Yeah, this doesn't, this doesn't all really add up, does it?" Like it's a bit of a weird situation we've got ourselves in here. No wonder it's a bit awkward. But here, it does feel like a bit more like giggly, exciting nerves, you know. Um. So then they have they sort of try again the next night, don't they? The first weird thing is that, and this goes back to the strange dynamic of the group. Ross and Rachel stop by the <laughs> boys' apartment to say good night. Basically on their way to go on a date and have sex, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's an unnecessary stop-off, isn't it? It's a very strange stop-off. Like, it's the way they say we just stopped to say goodnight, like they're the children, you know? You'd do that if you were in the same apartment and, I don't know, if someone was in another room, like, you might say goodnight. It's kind of like a sign of how there's a bit of an open-door policy between the two apartments, isn't it? Yeah, but famously the door was closed and they had yes. to open it to go in and say goodnight. Like, yes, true. It's very bizarre. Um, then they have to get stop off at the museum and all that. It was in one of our quizzes recently, wasn't it? That The, the never fully erect line. Big fan yeah. of that. Yeah. Australop- Australopithecus. God, I'll tell you what, that word is hard to say now when we're recording this at 4pm, but when I had to say it after about five beers on the quiz six (laughs) times, it was not easy. So we kind of all, there's a few bits once they get to the museum that are kind of strange. Like, Ross is faffing around, that's fine. It obviously takes fucking ages, though, because the implication is, like, the restaurant's shut by the time he's finished. Yeah, so I guess you could sort of assume it's about midnight. Yeah, and they went at like seven on their way to their date. Like that is a long time to be rearranging the museum exhibition. Mm. Is it that would we? Is it that much of a crucial thing to fix? You know. Well, clearly there are museum visitors very early in the morning the next day. Right. So okay. Well, we'll get to that in a second. So they end up in the planetarium. It's very romantic. Blah blah blah. There's a very funny bit where the voiceover comes on. I love that bit. That's possibly <laughs> my favourite bit the whole episode. Yeah. Billions of years. Billions ago. of years ago. Really funny. As I mentioned earlier, the planetarium looks absolutely dog shit on a big. It does, big doesn't it? TV like it really looks bad. The um the 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 bit on the ceiling that you are supposed to gaze up at, it looks worse than that old Windows 95 screensaver that used to sort of go through space with all the stars. <laughs> oh, I love that. What a great screensaver that was. It looks worse than that. It looks loads worse than that, I'd say, definitely. So they're in the planetarium, and now one of the most famous bits of all the friends is what we get to here, which is the juice box, right? 
Yeah, so we're in we're in sex town now, but they're still fully clothed and everything. Sorry, happening. we're in sex town. We're about to have sex, aren't we? We're in sex. Rachel and Ross, I assume you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not me and you. Okay. Uh, sex town. Do you say that? <laughs> do you say that to your? Have you said that to a, a lover before? <laughs> no, it was it was it was supposed to be such a passing little moment to be like. Oh, I'm not letting that. One they're go. about to have sex, but you've really you've really flagged it there for me, Peter. Anyway. <laughs> On our way to Sex Town, uh, we're on the <laughs> off-ramp. A, the first time I saw this, I didn't understand what was happening. Absolutely, yeah. And like, what, what would you have guessed that? That like, uh, I was chatting to my friend about this and she was like, I thought he'd wet himself. You know, because we didn't understand what the implication was sure. as, as you're watching this as a kid. And then I was thinking about it and I was like, do you know what? In no way, considering they're still both fully clothed... <laughs> Rolling over a juice box is nothing like what you would feel if somebody prematurely ejaculated under what we can only assume to be, like, jeans and underwear. Do you know what I mean? And there's she's wearing clothes as well. My main problem with it is um, there is an audible popping noise. <laughs> right. When Rachel thinks Ross has, has, has done that. Yeah. An audible, I'd say, bursting. <laughs> Which is quite harrowing if that is reflective of things Rachel has experienced in the past. <laughs> oh my God, have your balls exploded again? <laughs> I mean, it, it literally sounds like something pops. Yeah, that's, it's so weird, isn't it? Because like, so they roll over on the juice box, it pops. Therefore, all the juice in the juice box is coming out, right? That is minimum, depending on the size of the carton, 250 millilitres of juice, probably. Um, and, and juice is a very thin liquid this is getting very descriptive i realized but what i'm saying is she sort of rolled over into a puddle of umbongo a large puddle of yeah umbongo or whatever (laughs) whatever the american equivalent is crap oh yeah by the way if if anyone anyone isn't uh is umbongo so worldwide I don't think so, mate. Well, infamously in Congo. (laughs) Well, they drink it in the Congo. And Bongo's a... Well, it might... Look, it might be. We never want to second guess, but Bongo's definitely... Hang on, I'm Googling on Bongo. It's it's a British thing, and it's also in Portugal. My friend's uh, next-door neighbour was the person that invented Bongo. What? Yeah. How did that come up in conversation? I mean, I'd lead with it if I was the person that invented Umbongo. Yeah, I don't Hi, know. I'm, I'm Pete. I invented Umbongo. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's what I mean. They must have just been talking about it loads. But um, there you go. That's all That's all we have of Umbongo for you. But yeah, what I'm saying is she's rolled into a big 250 millilitres of Umbongo. <laughs> what a, it's, it's almost like Rachel has no concept of what that would be like if it actually happened, you know? It's almost as if Rachel's never experienced it before. Right. If she thinks that's what happens. And if she has, and that is what happens, then whoever it was. Then who is that person? Yeah, Chip Matthews has got some problems, I'll tell you that. Paolo. Or Paolo, (laughs) yeah. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing I would like to discuss in some detail. Very funny moment where they wake up and there's loads of kids and a nun. And a nun, yeah. Watching them. But what's happened there is my question. Because they've had sex in the planetarium and now they've woken up in the prehistoric man exhibition. <laughs> like, it would be vaguely plausible they had sex and accidentally fell asleep, but that would be in the planetarium. So either, yeah. one of two things has happened. Either they've had a go in the planetarium and then gone, well, that's not enough. Let's 
have another go in the prehistoric man exhibition. Well, also, Ross would surely be fired for having sex in a museum display cabinet. Right. They pull the um, blanket out. Well, it's not even a blanket, is it? It's like a a mammoth skin yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so the second, so the only plausible, real possibility, surely, is that they've they've had sex in the planetarium and then deliberately chosen to stay the night and fall asleep in the prehistoric <laughs> man exhibition. But if you have just then ended up having sex in the planetarium, and I imagine there'd be some sort of security people wandering around, you'd just be like, "Oh, that was fun. Shall we get dressed and then go back to one of our apartments?" Which was the plan, wasn't it, to go back to Rachel's for dessert? Yes. So how's how? What's happened there? What's happened? Why have they decided to stay the night in the prehistoric man exhibition on their the first day the museum? <laughs> on their first, yeah, on their well, their second date by now. But mad, right? Yeah, I, uh, I, I can't say it's something I've ever done. No, there you go. Them's all my thoughts on the Ross and Rachel uh, sleeping in the museum saga. And me, I think, I think we're done, Dave. I think we're done, Dave. Um, I'll just repeat what you said, even though your name's Pete. It's, yep. so, it's, okay. it's not been a great day for my brain, has it? Okay, let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Lovely. Thank you for all your voice notes so far. We'll do another one next week. Um, and the quiz this Friday, 8 p.m. British time. Uh, yeah, if you haven't done it, come over to our Instagram at F. Or what's the Instagram? FWF Pod. At FWF Pod. Um, all the deets will be on there. We do an Instagram live. We have a quiz. We have a nice time. We did the biggest shambles of the final round last week, and I enjoyed it very much. So uh, let's see what happens this week, shall we, Pete? Yeah, yeah. Lower. If you come into the quiz with low expectations, you won't be disappointed. <laughs> uh, bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.